car repair, the nightmare of the Western world. You don't know the difference between the catalytic converter and the powertrain, the carburetor and the camshaft. You've been ripped off endlessly by unscrupulous mechanics who've charged hundreds or thousands of dollars. You're sick of feeling like a complete idiot, and you just don't want to take it or pay for it anymore. Well, your life's about to change. Meet Pam Oaks, ASE certified and top-notch auto technician host, shop owner, and author of Car Care for the Clueless, or how to make money while maintaining a vehicle. She'll answer your questions and teach you how to talk car talk. Get under the hood right now with Pam. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. And on this week's show, we are going to play catch up and answer emails. We have a plethora of emails that we need to address. Along with me in studio is going to be our gadget guru, Peter Sudak. He's going to help us help you become car care savvy. And of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor for the first half of the show, AC Delco, AC Delco Parts. I have them in my personal cars. I've been putting them in my customers' cars for decades. You know, you just can't beat the high quality of an AC Delco part. And it doesn't matter if you have a GM car or not. They make all kinds of parts for foreign and domestic vehicles. So when it's time for a part replacement on your vehicle, ask for AC Delco by name. You're going to get that 12-month, 12,000-mile warranty that goes along with that part. So don't forget AC Delco parts. So, Peter, how you doing? Good, Pam. How are you doing? Good. Have a good vacation? Yeah. It was nice, relaxing. I'm glad to be back and get rolling and get caught up on some of your emails. Yes, and you know our first email is going to be Bob from Florida. Bob writes, Dear Pam, my car is sputtering at times, and the garage I go to can't find a thing wrong. Someone said it might be the gas I'm using. Can using premium help? Well, Bob, you know, it's not the octane, most likely, but it's the type of gas, right, Peter? Absolutely, yeah. The different grades of gas out there. Some are garbage, and some are very, very good. That's right. Well, first of all, you got to find out what your vehicle takes. Does it take premium? Are you supposed to be putting premium in it? And you know who's going to be able to tell you? Your ASC Blue Seal shop or your ASC certified technician or your dealership. That's, that's correct. That's the first step. Yep. Finding out if you do take uh, premium or not. If you do take premium or if you don't, it all boils down to what you're feeding your car. That's right. Are you feeding it junk food or are you feeding it health food? Just like you, you know, you're out and about and you're eating junk food all day. You feel like crap at the end of the day, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. It's uh, cars a lot similar <laughs> like sure the body, is, isn't it? That's right. You're really? having fun enjoying it, but you always end up hating it at the end. That's right. And you're having fun getting that cheaper gas because you're paying less, but in the end, you're paying more by seeing us at the shop, and we don't want that. So we're going to recommend, first of all, Bob, to use a top tier fuel. And I'm going to give you an example of using a top-tier fuel. Uh, top-tier fuel was developed in, back in 2003. There were six automobile manufacturers, and they said, you know, for our cars to run peak efficiency with the highest MPG and the lowest emissions, of course, the exhaust coming out the back, which one of you petroleum companies can fill this? A handful of them came back and said, hey, we can, and... Now, Audi, BMW, Honda, GM, Toyota, and VW, they recognize these companies as top tier, and this is what they want you putting in their car. Isn't that right, Peter? Absolutely, yes. It makes, makes a big difference between using the top tier 
and the cheaper stuff that you can get, you, you know, you really don't save that much money nowadays, maybe a penny or two per gallon, but overall you're losing gas mileage. Exactly. And then you're going to end up having to come to the shop because those other gases are inferior and it dirties up the parts and then you got to get them cleaned out. Sure does, doesn't it? And it's not fun. In fact, you stopped here, don't you? And you don't even have one of these six manufacturers. Uh, Mainly it's Shell. um, Which is a top tier. Which is a top tier. Chevron is another. Mm -hmm. And in all the years that I've been driving, I've had not one fuel-related issue with any of the cars that I've ever driven. Wow. Not one. That's not me, you guys. You know I'm always harping on you about using top tier, but here's our gadget guru, and he even knows better. Right, so I'm going to start harping on you now. Because <laughs> we've seen it makes a big difference. You know, as a matter of fact, we used a vehicle at work. And it wasn't even one of the six manufacturers that developed, helped develop top-tier fuel. We drove this car for two weeks, one person did. Same route, back and forth. And then we swapped it out with somebody else using top-tier fuel. And they actually gained almost three miles per gallon better using the top tier fuel than driver number one well what about the gentleman you just told me last week i believe that he came in and he said his car was sputtering and he wanted a fuel injection cleaning and all this and we told him no you don't need to do this go down to shell run a couple tanks through there and you'll notice a difference that's right and he came back in you couldn't measure how big his smile was because he was just so ecstatic. Yes. And he was teasing us. He got on the floor and started bowing to us like we were great holy gods or something. <laughs> he was very grateful that we didn't try and charge him a fuel injection service. So basically, if you use good gas, you'll never need that. That's right. Remember, put health food in your tank and leave the junk food alone. Even That's though right. it's very tempting, leave it alone. I have another example. I had a friend, I'm in Rotary, Rotary International. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine in Rotary, he was always complaining, check engine light went on and off and so on and so forth. I looked at his vehicle and the emission tube was plugged with carbon buildup. And of course he used the cheap junk food gas and I had him go and put the top tier fuel in and after about five tanks, it cleared itself out. It actually uh, cleaned it out. Is that the gentleman with that Honda Odyssey you the were talking about? Honda talk- Odyssey, okay. yes. Oh, he just raves about top yeah, tier. Yeah, I, yes. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. So there's two examples, guys. And two could, examples. And we could go on and on and on, on about and on. But trust me, it's even if it's a penny or two more nowadays with Worth the gas it. prices, just go the extra thing. Find the proper octane that you need for your car. You don't have to run premium in there. Unless it's required. Unless it's required. But, yeah, it works. You know, that experimental car that we used, we had, you know, several weeks with one driver and several weeks with another driver. They averaged almost three gallons, three MPG, three miles per gallon. That's okay. big. That's right. But on paper, this is the most important. This is why we're going to have you keep money in your wallet, is that we averaged about five and a half tanks. They got a free tank of gas. I mean, they couldn't go and say, I want a free tank of gas. I mean, No, they could, but they'd say no, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) on paper they got a free tank of gas so where do you find this list of top tier fuels well 
those of you who have internet access, obviously, just Google top tier fuel and it will pull up the list. This list is nationwide and there's some Canadian stations in there as well. And I've noticed through the years that some of the petroleum companies have come and gone. So it's very important to have this updated. That's top cool. tier. Google top tier fuel and start using it and you will not be disappointed. Yep. There's price differences minimal and the savings for your mileage and everything will be much, much better. Oh yeah. Big, big difference. Okay, let's move on to letter number two. I thought this was a real interesting one. It's Sharon from North Carolina, and Sharon writes, Dear Pam, leaving work last week, a friend of mine couldn't start her car and asked me for a jump. I was told by my husband not to jump start the car. I told my friend no, and now she's mad at me. She said it was okay for new cars, but old cars, no. She said that she read that it won't hurt the new cars. Who's right and who's wrong? Well, the lady that wanted the jump is absolutely 150% wrong. That's right. And Sharon, you did absolutely right by not jumping to her car and risk ruining parts of your car. Yeah. 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 It's just hard to say that the guy was right. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is that it? The guy was right. Oh, my God. That's her. Well. Wait a minute, I'm going to pass that in my chair here. Wait a minute. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no cables. Never, ever, ever, ever use cables ever again. I I, I can't believe they still make them and sell them, but... Speaking of which, Mm -hmm. I saw, I think I told you the other day, I just made a uh, quick stop on my way home. Mm -hmm. And you remember me telling you that somebody's trying to jumpstart somebody else's cables oh that's right yeah there's a gentleman that needed to jumpstart with a honda pilot and he was getting jumpstarted with a lexus is 250 i'd hate to see i'd hate to see the bill of something went wrong with that lexus oh yes because you know you need a jumpstart there's an electrical problem to begin with that's right so we've seen it that cars that have used cables to jumpstart they inherit problems along with the car that they're trying to be a good Samaritan for. You know, electricity moves almost as fast as the speed of light. You're not going to see a spike. You're not going to see an electrical spike go through there. No, you won't. do damage. You know, we'll see that once in a while that uh, people will go on vacation. They'll put trickle charge on their battery, mm-hmm. which is plugged into the wall. Yep. Uh-uh. No, don't do this. Please. No, don't. Make other arrangements because there again... If there's a little surge, a little power surge, and that's going to be right into your battery, into your car. Because yep. remember, those computers, even though they're sleeping, they're not active. They're still alive. They're still on. And you can do a lot of damage. Just like a friend of mine, um, Rick, he uh, saw some lady, felt really bad. She had these cables, and she's holding them. Not only did he do a battery... He did an alternator and a programmable command module, a PCM, which runs the car. Oh, yeah, a lot of damage. And that was about $1,200 for him being a good Samaritan. Well, there's your lesson right there. So I could, and that was on a uh, Korean car. So I could only imagine on a uh, more sophisticated. Yeah, like a 
Lexus or oh, yeah. Mercedes or BMW or something. I'd hate to see if something got damaged in there. Yeah, that's going to be really expensive. So, you know what, guys? Just don't do it. Sharon, hard for me to say. Yes, your husband's right. The guy's right. <laughs> there you go, Peter. Okay? Hot dog. The guy's right. Okay, guy's I'm right. cool. All right, that's Your good. husband is 110% correct. Your coworker, I'm sure she just didn't want to be inconvenienced and she just wanted to jumpstart. So, you did the right thing. Don't jumpstart the car. Use jump box. Let a road service do it. But don't let anybody put cables on your car. That's right. And in past gadgets, we've talked about that how important that jump box is too, and the That's cost right. is minimal. So minimal, and you have a thousand and one uses for that jump box. Oh yeah. So good deal, Sharon. Glad glad you listened to your husband this time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's get on to the next one before I get in trouble here. Yeah, hurry up, hurry up. Hurry up. <laughs> and the second half of our show is brought to you by Jasper Engines and Transmissions. Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate owned. If you're in need of an engine or a transmission, remember to ask for Jasper by name. I put them in my customers' vehicles. They have a three-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And if you decide to sell your vehicle... Well, that warranty is transferable. And you know, while we're talking about car sales, it's actually cheaper to repair your vehicle with an engine or a transmission replacement than it is to buy a new or a newer used vehicle. So remember, if you're ever in that pickle, ask for Jasper by name. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, this is Jim from Florida. Jim writes, Dear Pam, while I was on vacation, my oil change was due. I keep records of my vehicles, so I was surprised when the service rep told me I needed a bunch of work. I was out of town, and I wasn't having a problem, so I declined. Why do shops do this? Huh. We hear that a lot, don't we, Peter? Yes, we do. But you know, not all shops do this. No. But unfortunately, there are a few that do, and you need to arm yourself. That's right. You know, first of all, you got to remember, most shops and dealerships are on commission. Those guys who work on your car, they're on commission. The service writer who talks to you, they're on commission. You know, there's a lot of people there that are depending upon repairing your car for their paycheck, which is, That's right. in my personal opinion, wrong. Nobody in my shop's on commission. Right. But that's a that's a bad incentive. Bad. To try and sell work if it's not needed. That just promotes crookedness as far as I'm concerned. There's enough things on the vehicle. There's enough plastic components. There's enough service intervals that you shouldn't have to do this. I mean, things are going to break, period. Yes, they it's will. It's not like they used to be. They were all metal. Now there's a lot of plastic in there and... A lot of extra gadgets, heated seats, air-conditioned seats. I mean, you name it. And that, those are just a creature comforts. I'm not talking about drivability issues. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of things in there. There's, there's 60,000 moving parts plus. I mean, something's going to break. So you don't have to go and have a grocery list to make money. And most shops do not do this. It's only a few that give make the yeah. bunch bad. That's right. You know, uh, another thing, too, is that some of the shops, uh, national chains and some dealerships and all that, they have quotas. Because we've been talking about this in the past. 
They have quotas, um, so many alignments, so many tires, so many transmission service, so many power steering flushes that they're required to do. And this is wrong. Yeah, I've seen I've seen on a couple of quotes that people have brought into your shop and a lot of I've seen I think on two or three of them it was basically the same things either the transmission uh-huh. flush, a parasteering flush, you know, it, or a brake fluid flush. I mean, granted those services are needed in timely intervals, but it seems like every time those three services kept popping up they need this. I know exactly need... who you're talking about. Yeah, it was a national chain, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's not right. So, you know, it's always good to have a good rapport. Blue Seal Shop, ASC Blue Seal Shop, your ASC certified technician. Because they're the ones who are going to get you out of a jam if you're up north and somebody gives you a grocery list of things that they say that you need, but you don't. You know, sometimes even some of these shops, they'll have an, an experienced person doing the oil change you know they just don't have all the years in like a normal ASC tech right and sometimes they may think that there's something going on but there's not but at this point then the shop needs to have somebody keeping an eye on this person you know teaching them right they're gonna let them loose like that that's wrong yeah I can't have young kids I mean if granted they got to learn eventually but they need to go to a trade school of some sort exactly you know get your feet wet and then go ahead and you can start doing the light work on the Mm -hmm. cars before you get into the heavy stuff you don't always get a second opinion dissect a doctor like we tell you get a second opinion you drove in there you can drive out that's right yeah if they say it's like dire straits then get a second opinion right away and if it wasn't but get a second opinion. Right. If it wasn't dire straits your last oil change, chances are it's not dire straits this time. So but it's yeah. always good to check. Well, and if you're out of town like you know Jim said he was, then you need to call that shop you have that good rapport with. That ASC Blue Seal shop, that ASC certified technician, you need to ask them and find out through their records and see if, you know, the power steering flush has been performed or the brake job's been done, or so on and so forth. You know, yeah, just double check. That'd be a good idea, or have your your local shop that you use while you're, you know, while you're home. If you're out of town, you can have the local shop call that other garage and tell them, "Hey, this service was performed on such and such a date," so they can tell them, "Hey, well, this these services have already been performed by us." That's right. I can fax you a copy of the invoice or, you know, what have you, whatever communication exactly. that you used to use. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, Jim, good call. You didn't get yep. bamboozled yeah. and doing a bunch of stuff. You didn't get hosed. That's, That's right. right. Okay. One more. We got time for one more. Okay. We got time for one more? Yes, we do. All right. Cool. We're going to talk to John from Texas. We're going to, we got a letter from John from Texas. And John writes, Dear Pam, I have a sports car with special tires. Well, I ran over something and I wanted to get the tire fixed. But the tire store wouldn't do it. So I found another tire store that would and it's okay. Why wouldn't they fix it at the first tire store? Well, Peter, I can, I can tell you right now, because um, what We've happens? About this. Yeah, yeah, they've they've got different. 
uh, speed ratings for tires. Um, they can do, there's a letter of H which designates 130 miles an hour V, which is up to 149. And then they've got W, which is 168. And then they've got Y, which is 186. I don't think anybody would be driving that fast, but they put these tires on the car for a reason. Father would. Well, father would, yes. <laughs> Even if he had a 1920 Model A, he'd still put Z-rated tires on there anyway. And go 186 <laughs> miles an hour. Right. Full throttle or stop. Anyway, the reason being is the patch basically eliminates the speed rating of the tire that's required exactly. for the car. And that's why the shop chose not to fix it. The other shop... It's a proper way to do it. You right. don't fix it. I mean, it's it's easy enough to do. You can put the patch in there, but it takes away, like we said, the speed rating from the tire. Mm-hmm. And then you have one tire on there that's not properly equipped for the vehicle. Exactly. And if something happens afterwards, whoever patched that tire, you know, if that person who owns the car is too happy, hypothetically, <laughs> you can be in a lot of trouble. You know, people don't realize that the tire size and the speed rating is on that vehicle because that's what that vehicle has been designed for. Right. That specific tire. Um, Sidewall is built up and the car can go that fast. Well, that's what goes on it. You know, the steering gear, the suspension, the braking, everything relies upon that size and speed rated tire. That's right. you got to stay with it. Uh, and, and it hurts bad in yeah, some cases when some, you do get a hole. But there's there have been times when, you know, I've tried to sell tires to people and tell them they need this speed rating. They keep telling me, well, I don't want to do this. I want a lesser speed rated tire because they last longer. And I have foregone the tire sale in order to either put the right tire on or not do it at all. I just, well, that's the proper way to do it. I, I won't put Good a le- for you. I won't put a lesser speed rated tire on there, you know. And I'm not a commission. I'm not. It doesn't matter to me how much the tires cost. Obviously, I want to find something that's reasonable. But, but you're doing I'll, it right. I want to put the proper speed rated tire on there. Now, if you have just a plain passenger car with, say, Lincoln Town car, for Lincoln example. Town car. Good example. Those don't take speed rated tires. No, it's an S rated tire. Patch away. Not in the sidewall, but in the tread. Patch away. And always patch. Never plug. That's right. Plugging promotes tire separation. That's right. It just basically just makes the hole bigger and Mm -hmm. just breaks more of those little tiny belts in there. And over time, those little belts start breaking more and more. And basically, the plug will start leaking in a couple months anyway. Exactly. Where the patch is basically, as Pam and I like to say... One and done. One and done. That's right. To get to your destination to have that tire fixed, you know, there's nothing wrong with putting fix-a-flat in the tire, but you have to tell them at the shop, at the tire store, that you did do this for a courtesy because that stuff goes everywhere when you remove that tire. That's right. And And it burns. And I'll I'll give you an example. I'm very fortunate, but the person didn't tell me they put fix-a-flat in there. And I broke the tire bead with the tire machine, and I got a little bit of that stuff in my eyes. And who and was I'll, supposed to be wearing safety glasses? That's true. That was probably yeah. for me, but that's just an example. Let I don't the, think they have a, a checkbox for stupidity on workman's comp for, for that, do you? No, we don't. 
Okay. But definitely tell your tire technician there's fix a flat in there. <laughs> it's what my point was supposed to be. <laughs> you know, more and more, too, that vehicles, new vehicles, they're coming with no spare tire and a can of fix a flat. Yeah, we just saw that the other day. Saw it again the other day. I couldn't believe that. It's like, you yeah. got to be kidding me. So, you know, not so much that spare tire on the side of the road. You're gonna, going to put a can of Fix-A-Flat in it. Hope that it holds till you get to point B. And if it doesn't, you're going to be calling a tow truck now. Right. We just had that, I think, just a f- one day last week, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. As there's a brand new car, and we've... We fixed the tire, but uh, we we're looking for this the spare and whatever, and all we found was this little thing of fix a flat, and a, little fix com- a flat. and a little compressor. And a little compressor, that's right. That's like, well, that's all well and good for cars that got run flats. I mean, they are they don't need a spare, but cars with non-run flat tires, they yeah. need to have a spare in there. That yeah, fix a flat is just, it'll it, just ruin those tire sensors like there's nobody's business. That's and, the other reason why to get the fix a flat out, too, is because those... TPMS, the tire pressure monitoring system that tells you if the pressure's low or not, you'll get that little emblem on the dash light up. Well, that fix-a-flat is very corrosive, and it will ruin that little sensor in the tire if yeah. you keep it in there too long. Yeah, I, I, I saw Those one where that, it actually like melted the plastic. It's yeah. on like a Suburban or something. Mm-hmm. And we took it off, and I, you could actually see the guts of the tire sensor. Ate right into it. Ate all the plastic away from it. And how much? I, how much was that tire pressure monitoring sensor? Um, it just depends on the model. I think that one particular one was roughly probably about eighty dollars. Gee, I think of what you could do with eighty dollars. I know I could do a lot of things with eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. That's some serious golf for me. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so remember, use a fix a flat, but get it out of there immediately. That's right. Please. As quick as you can. Boy, this one quick. It always does. It always does. Well, from my perspective, I hope the four emails, I hope we helped you guys when people are listening, that we help them with the tips as well. Yeah, keep them coming because, you know, just because you didn't hear your email on the show doesn't mean that we're not going to answer it. I answer all the emails. Yeah. So keep them coming and... You know, the whole premise behind this show is to make you a savvy car care consumer. Until next week, take care. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to come back next week for another edition of Car Care for the Clueless. And don't forget to look for Pam's book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. You'll find it on her website. Just click on the icon Host Website right in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. See you next week.